This morning we continue our sermon series, Brand New. And when we say brand new in the, in the sense of this sermon series, it's, it's not the latest and newest thing. You know, over the last 2,000 years since Jesus started the church, a lot has changed in the world in which we live, and a lot's changed in the life of the church. And while a lot of things that, that, that exist today are, are probably exactly what Jesus wanted to happen in the church, I still believe that there are things that, that the church is doing and has become that isn't necessarily as true to what Jesus saw happening 2,000 years ago. And so in this sermon series, we're going back to some of the core things that make up our faith, some of the foundational pieces of our life and our relationship with God. Last week, we talked about love and how important that was. Today, we're going to talk about freedom. And the two are connected because it is the incredible love of God that gives us freedom. But we're going to take a spin with freedom and, and talk about what that means, especially in the, in the country in which we live and in the world in which we live today. So the passage that we're going to read from is Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. Now, it's going to start off, and, and the, the focal point will be the first verse of Galatians 5. And then it's going to talk a little bit about circumcision and uncircumcision in relationship to the law. And I'll explain a little bit of that. And then the last verse will talk about how we experience life through faith in Jesus and love. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Galatians chapter 5. Open up your technology, your phones, your tablets, um, and be able to do that. And we'll begin in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Christ has set us free for freedom. Therefore, stand firm and don't submit to the bondage of slavery again. Look, I, Paul, am telling you that if you have yourself circumcised, having Christ won't help you. Again, I swear to every man who has himself circumcised that he is required to do the whole law. You people who are trying to be made righteous by the law have been estranged from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Let us pray. Gracious God, as we come to you this morning, God, we realize that there is no way that we can earn your love. There is no level of achievement that we must attain to experience grace. That, God, it is not something that we deserve. It is something that is given freely. In a world in which we always feel like there's more that we need to do. In a world in which it seems like there is always more that has to be done. God, sometimes we transfer that sense of desperation and anxiety into our faith. And we believe that we have to do more and be more so that we can be loved more. And that's a lie. Thank you for loving us. Be with us this morning. And allow this moment as we think about your word to open our hearts and our minds to a deeper and richer understanding of you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I, as I have done some work on this, on this sermon talking about freedom and what freedom could be, I came across several quotes that I thought were kind of thoughtful and provoking and provocative about freedom, and so I thought I'd share a few of them with you. The first of them comes from Joyce Meyer. She said, what's real freedom? Real freedom is being able to not have my way and still be just as happy as if I did. Let that sink in for a moment. Another one came from a philosopher, Soren Kierkegaard, and Kierkegaard said, People demand freedom of speech as a compensation for the freedom of thought which they seldom use. 
I'm going to have to think about that one for a while. And then finally, one that was interesting to me from Voltaire, another philosopher. It is difficult to free fools from the chains they revere. You know, when we think about freedom, there's a lot that goes into that word. And I'm curious, just this morning, uh, no rhetorical thing right here, no rhetoric. What would freedom mean to you? What does freedom mean to you? Choice. Freedom is choice. What else might freedom mean to you? Yes. Being able to do whatever you want. Freedom. Any other freedom? What would freedom mean to you? There's responsibility in the midst of freedom. What else? I would submit to you this morning that freedom is something that we talk about. It's something that we will celebrate. I'm not sure we spend a lot of time thinking about what freedom actually means and what it actually means for us. Now, whenever Paul talks about freedom, it's not the nationalistic pride that we think about when the 4th of July comes around. Uh, when Paul talks about freedom, it's, it's not this rugged individualism that I can make it on my own. I can pull myself up by my bootstraps and I don't need anybody to help me along the way. That's not what Paul talks about in terms of freedom. If you think about it, Paul spent a lot of his time in prison. In fact, when he wrote the, wrote the book of Philippians, he was in a prison cell. And if you read Philippians, it's this whole discourse on joy and excitement and hope. And I sit there and I I think to myself, every time I read the book of Philippians, how can someone who is in prison, how can someone who is incarcerated and being tortured, how can somebody in that moment talk about freedom and joy? Because honestly, many of us are as free as we think we ought to be, yet we experience very little joy. Many of us have all the opportunities and choices before us, yet we don't really get the chance to scratch below the surface of what purpose and meaning mean for us. Peace? Maybe not. And yet that's what Paul offers us. Paul offers us the opportunity to know freedom. But Paul doesn't offer us this sense of freedom that we see and we talk about in the world. He offers us a different kind of freedom. In Galatians chapter 2, he writes, he says, I died to the law through the law so that I could live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Now I want to stop us there just for a second. Last week we talked about God's love. And we talked about the fact that God doesn't, act like he loves us. God doesn't act as if he loves us. God didn't create a rule book that he has to follow to love us, that God is love. And so all that God can do is love other people and to love us and to love the world. God cannot do something that is counter to his character and his character is to love. So when Paul says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, that is Paul saying that he is surrendering his life, putting all of his life, the good and the ugly, in God's hands, and that in that surrender, he finds freedom. He says, in the life that I now live in my body, I live by faith, indeed by the faithfulness of God's Son, who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, the contradiction, the paradox of of freedom in, in our faith is that we find freedom by submitting to Christ. 
We find freedom by our obedience to God's love. Our freedom isn't found in giving ourselves to our egos. Our, our freedom isn't found by doing anything and everything that we want to do. Because in any and everything that we want to do, we live into some of the shadows of who we are. Into the dark sides of who we are. Now, some of us don't want to talk about those shadow sides of us, but they exist. When we submit ourselves to Christ, when we live in that relationship and we bring both the good and the shadow of who we are and we place it in God's hands, then God is able to love us and to transform us from the inside out. And we experience a freedom to be who we were created to be. Now, that last quote by Voltaire Many of us have bought into the chains that the world sells us. We have bought into the brands and the ways in which we should live. And those are the things that bind us. And every day we willingly get up and we submit ourselves to the values of this world. Every day we get up and we submit ourselves to the voices of our past. Every day we get up and we submit ourselves to the pain that we've experienced in life. And only when we put all of that in God's hands can God free us to be who we really are. Now, I want to let that sink in for a minute. Many of us, every day, do not live from the highest part of who we are. We get up every day, and many of us go through the same routines, do the same things, feel the same cycle of emotions, react in the same patterns, and we live life on autopilot. And we don't live from the highest part of who we are in love and freedom. We often live from the lower parts of who we are in reaction, in fear, in anger, in envy, in frustration. And we spend a lot of time down here. We don't actually experience a lot of freedom in our lives. We spend a lot of time in the lower levels bound by the things that have always bound us. When we come here, what God wants is to show us who we really are, to love us in a way that we are able to move to that higher relationship with him. And we're able to move from all those lower emotions, all that lower pattern of living up to a place that's, that's in line with God's heart and with God's love. That's what God wants to do, to change us from the inside out. Yet every day, things work against us to keep us right here. Now, the first thing I have to tell you is, is that the world doesn't do us any favors. What the world wants us to do is to live down here because when we're down here, it's easy to manipulate us. It's easy to control us. It's easy to manage us because we're not free. We're being driven by what the culture and the society wants from us. And whenever the culture and society talks about love, it's not the love that Jesus talks about. I, I came across this book. It's, an, it's a fascinating book called Power Versus Force, written by Dr. David Hawkins. And in this, he says something about love that I want us to hear because I think it raises our awareness of the love that is peddled to us in our culture. He says, On the contrary, what the world generally refers to as love is an intense emotionality combining physical attraction, possessiveness, 
control, addiction, eroticism, and novelty. It is usually evanescent and fluctuating, waxing and waning with varying conditions. When frustrated, this emotion often reveals an underlying anger and dependency that it has masked. That, that love can turn to hate is a common concept, but what is being spoken about rather than love is an addictive sentimentality and attachment. You see, that's what our world peddles to us, is this kind of addictive sentimentality. We see it on the Hallmark Channel. We see it in all the schmaltzy stuff that gets peddled to us, that it's this happy ever after. And because complexity is hard, we'll buy it because we need somewhere to be able to handle or to boundary the, the struggles that we see in the world today. But the struggles that we see in the world isn't through escape. The struggles and the, and the resolution of how we live in the world isn't through boundering it and trying to live as if it doesn't exist, but it lives in moving to this higher level of love with God. It moves in changing the ways that we live and being unbound by God's grace. The world doesn't need us to escape anymore or binge anymore or ignore anymore. What the world needs is a people who are being changed and transformed by God's love, being free to live outside the norms and to live courageously into that. How many of you right now in your life feel like you are white-knuckling it through your marriage? How many of you right now in your jobs feel that you should be excited and, and, and enthralled and engaged, yet you just feel every day you're going through the motions? How many of you right now look in the mirror and you don't even recognize yourself anymore because who you once were, who you loved being, who you thought God wanted you to be has been lost in the midst of that and you don't know what to do next? I would submit to you that more times than not, we live in those places. And that's not freedom. We come here because we believe that there's something more that God offers us. We believe that there's something more that we just can't quite put our finger on. And it's just beyond the horizon. It's just beyond the, the, the least that we're willing to do. It's just right there. One of the reasons that church is so important to us is because this is a place of authenticity, not image. This is a place of relationships, not religion. This is a place in which we are walking alongside each other, loving one another as we seek to be the best version of who God has created us to be. And the only way we can do that is through love. Emotionally, they've done studies that when you think about the power that emotions have, that yes, anger, frustration, fear, all those have force to them. But if you want power in your life, if you want something that is the most powerful of all the emotions, it is love because it's not force. It grows and it fills. It isn't forced upon you. And it isn't, it isn't made to happen, at least not real love. Many of you want power today. You're like, Pastor, I just want to know that there's meaning. Pastor, I just know there's more to life. Pastor, I just don't feel the energy of what I want to in my life right now. And I get it. We're trying to force it. But what God wants you to know is that if you know God's love, if you experience love, not the schmaltzy stuff that we get peddled, but the real love of God, that that is a power that can grow within you and lift you to this new place in your life. And see, the, the beauty of that is if you believe it. If you believe it. And we'll step toward it and approach it. Every day, take a step, even if it's awkward. It's amazing what God can do. 
And the reason we exist as a community of faith is to be a place of freedom in this world. There are plenty of people walking around asleep to their real life. There are people every day that are living in the grind of their everyday life and they've fallen asleep to what God wants for them. And yet God is waking you up in the midst of the relationship with him. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul writes to them. He says, you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only don't let this freedom be an opportunity to indulge your selfish impulses, but serve each other through love. All the law has been fulfilled in a single statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour each other, be careful that you don't get eaten up by each other. Wow. We live in that world, don't we? Backbiting attacking character assassination. That last phrase is the world in which we live today. And we look and we get entertainment after watching people devour one another and being devoured by others. If you want to talk about what many of us love to look at, love to hear, and love to read, it is that right there. And that is not love. And that is not the power that God calls us to live from. My hope for you is that you can experience freedom. My hope for all of us is that we can move from these lower levels of our lives to the highest plane of where God wants us to live. That we can give up the forcefulness that we live and all the negativity and move to this higher place that God wants us to in a relationship with Him. My hope and my prayer and, 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 and what I long for you is that you would know that power in your life. I... Um, I said this in the earlier service. Um, one of the things that I love to do, and, and as an introvert, it's hard for me because I am an introvert and I struggle and I'm, I'm working with it. But as I've grown in my relationship with God, and as I've grown in my trust in God, I have felt more power in my life. And I, more than ever in any of my life up to this moment, I feel and I'm able to walk out into that foyer which can scare me to death after service and greet you, and love you, and welcome you, and embrace you, and all of that. And that is not mine. That is God's love. I'm not trying to force it. It comes naturally because of who God is and what God wants. God wants that to grow in your life. And there are things that you can do that are available to you that you don't even recognize yet because you're still trying to force it and not give yourself and submit yourself to the power of that. So as we end this time this morning, think about your relationship with God. Think about how much you're trying to force to happen in your life right now and how different that would be if it came from a power within. And understand that if you want that type of power, if you want that type of love, that type of energy, that level in your life, it comes by, between bringing all that you are and placing it in a relationship with God. And when we submit to that, there is a freedom that we cannot even fathom. And that freedom gives us life. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you, Lord, for this morning, for the opportunity to be here in this space, to, to no longer be slaves to sin, to no longer be slaves to our egos, to be slaves to the things that have bound us, God, but to be open to the new life that you want to offer us, to submit ourselves to your grace and to allow that grace to flow within us and to flow outside of us. To give and to receive, God, is the way of life that you have called us to. And so, God, as we sing in this final song, as we give our lives to you, God, help us to taste the freedom that you want for us. 
We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.